Big news. This Wellness Couch podcast is proudly brought to you by the Wellness Summit, returning this year to Melbourne on August 17 and 18. Early bird tickets and all info at thewellnesssummit.com. The Real Food Reel is proudly sponsored by Melrose Health. Founded in 1979, Melrose Health has been delivering improved health over three decades by developing natural, delicious and innovative health foods from the best natural and organic ingredients. Their healthy kitchen oils range has just launched and includes my favourites, liquid coconut oil, grass-fed ghee and avocado oil. Visit melrosehealth.com.au or check out at Melrose Health on Instagram to learn more. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're shaking things up on the podcast and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Worth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Ali McLean, Katie Pettuccini and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness and optimising your health, metabolism and longevity. While you're tuning in to today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments. Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Real. In episode 223 of The Real Food Real, Kale Brock and I team up to discuss current health trends, extremism, and the case of analysis paralysis. You will learn that health is found in the grey, not in the black and white and that you are so much more than the food you eat. We also discuss my early pregnancy journey, including my experience with yoga, chiropractic, and so much more. Steph Lowe, welcome to the, the Broccoli Roast. It's very good to be here. You're up in Sydney. In Sydney, we've made the little trek to your studio. What are you doing up here? Well, we've got an event this Saturday, so yeah. tomorrow, a, a Real Food and the Gut Brain Access event, nice. which will be fun. Um, but mainly just to hang out with you. Oh, sick. Yeah. I feel so special. <laughs> no, we love Bondi. Ellie and I tend to yeah. have weekends in Bondi to eat all the good food and, yeah, yeah. and get some beach time as well. It's so, so. funny you can mm. tell that you're from Melbourne because you say Ali as if like... Her name starts with an A. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's actually Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's here, but you guys can't see her. <laughs> yeah. Where do you guys go to eat in Bondi? Oh, gosh, you know what? Um, there's quite a few. Right now, on the tip of my tongue... Can't no. even think what our favourites so are. Many. Yeah, Harry's. Yeah, Harry's? we love Harry's yeah. definitely. Um, the shop is another one. Yeah, yeah. We tend to find the best like breakfast bowls and veggie-based goodness. Yeah, yeah. Of the low-carb variety. It's funny because Bondi <laughs> is such a hub, a little hub of health activity. Yeah. Um, but I've been speaking with a lot of people about this. I've got friends in Bondi, and we were talking about the transient nature of um, 
the health hub there mm. and how it's it's kind of funny to see people who are previously not in health and then you know we can speak quite openly about this i see a lot of int- influencers oh yeah entrepreneur influencers um <laughs> <That's a new laughs> yeah. it's a bondi thing yeah. and um <clears throat> they're all sort of getting into the health space now and mm. i think and you and i were chatting about this that it's leading to this I don't think it's good. I don't think it's a good thing. Saturation? It's saturation. There's Mm. confusion. That's the biggest thing. And when people are confused about health in any way, they don't act. It leads to inaction. Yeah, totally. We call it the paralysis analysis or analysis of paralysis. Like whichever way you look at it, like, and it happens to our clients even, Mm. you know, you'll get a client and you'll take them through a protocol and then they'll get on Dr. Google and they'll learn something different or even yeah. opposite to what you've told them. And so we have this like dad joke that we get our clients to go on a low information diet where they <laughs> yeah. think about who they're getting information from and keeping it pretty narrow. Yeah. You know, I'm all for educating yourself, but you don't want to take it so far that, yeah, you end up getting confused. Something you don't know, you don't know if something works mm. then if you're trying like 50 different things. For sure. And you, I see these people come up to me at events and I mean, maybe some, some of them are listening and if you are, I hope, you know, you probably don't think it's you, but some people come up to me at events and they're like, yo, and they've got crazy eyes going and they're like, <laughs> we all know those people. <laughs> I do this and I do this and I do this. No question. It's just mm. like, please validate me. Yeah. Life story kind of stuff. Yeah. As yeah. Well. But they're yeah. doing like 25 different health hacks and you can see they're still lost. Mm. There's no direction. Yeah. It's a, bit it's weird. a worry. It's mm. definitely a worry. And yeah, perhaps a lot of it is to do with the fact that yeah. it's very vogue to be an influencer and entrepreneur influencer. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I wouldn't even try to say that word. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and I think it's important to think about where you're getting your information from. Mm. Yeah. What's your direction at the moment? Where are you getting your info from? Where am I getting my info from? That's a good question. Do you rely on the podcast a lot? Um, I do like listening to podcasts, but sometimes I feel like I have a bit of saturation of that. Yeah. I, I do this, you know all day every day and what about your podcast oh like my your, your discussions podcast. with people yes absolutely i get a lot of inspiration mm. from my guests um recently interviewed dr ron elrich who's a holistic dentist but oh, has like cool. a really holistic view to health and wellness in general and yeah. that, that for me was a little bit different to what i'm used to learning about but still very much coming back to you know the messages that we speak about that was fun mm. um yeah but yeah i love listening to podcasts as well but um, I also like the balance because I think you can yeah. over overdo it, and totally. you know I don't tend to don't tend to listen to health podcasts all the time in my spare time anymore. I used to. Yeah. Now I mean, into true crime. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What are you listening to? Oh, I finished the teacher's pet. Okay. So. Oh, so that's that's like around here, this area. Yes. Like just so northern, yeah, yeah. northern um, NSW border, which is you know living in Melbourne, not super close, but yeah. still very you know Australian, and you, mm. you can just connect with it because it's yeah. so close to home. Was that the the guy who like buried? Someone uh, apparently we apparently. don't we don't, we don't know, know but, but yes yeah. a husband and a um, and a wife so was like missing. literally down the road yeah yeah, yeah. Gnarly. coming from Adelaide which is like the murder capital of Australia apparently <laughs> they're coming de- deep into Sydney right in the heart of it yeah it's interesting mm. um, but twenty million downloads or more than by now wow. that show has had well that that podcast has had yeah. worldwide so it's obviously caught on for a reason yeah. i've done a great job but it has sparked my interest and i've been listening mm. to a, just a few other ones online as well i'm an audiobook guy now mm. so i've sort of given up the podcast thing for quite a long time yeah um i was huge tim ferris yeah um any sort of 
I'd always look at episode titles and be like, oh, does that interest me? Does that interest me? Um, and then he just went down sort of a different route and I sort of became less interested. And then there was like, you know, 100 Not Out with Damien and, mm. and like all these different things. Um, but I just got over it. So I started listening to Audible. I signed up to the, the membership yep. where you get two credits a month. Yeah. But I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah, I've got about five credits in yeah, here yeah, at the moment. Yeah. I'm worried it's going to expire. But no, there's some been some great books. I listened, I listened to 12 Rules for Life, Jordan oh, Peterson. That's in my list, my... Yeah. Wish list, I think. Yeah, yeah, everyone's been talking about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Good, good, good? Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, wherever my phone is, I'll grab it in a sec because I had some quotes. Actually, that's for the next thing. But um, I'll listen to uh, – what else did I listen to? Oh, I just listened to the Wilbur Smith. You know how I always talk about Wilbur Smith? Yeah. I listened to his biography. Wow. And it was like pretty much as good or better than the um, actual books that he writes. Cool. Because like so much of it was based off his life. Mm. In, he there's like stories of him climbing trees to to get these young um, ospreys or, or falcons or something like that. And he went up with a helmet on because he was worried he was going to fall. And then he got in the nest. He was wondering why it was so quiet. And there was a death adder in there. <gasps> and this death adder like leapt at him and he fell. And then they fought, saw on his helmet afterwards these two puncture holes and all the venom dripping oh, down wow. the front of the helmet. Like there's just one story. And then he's yeah. stories about his dad like killing five lions as they came in to eat everybody in the camp. Like legit crazy stories. <laughs> but how good is Audible? How good yeah. is like technology in that way? I listened to Brain Rules more recently. Oh, cool. What's which that? is really like how to care for your brain from a longevity standpoint. And, like and lots of fairly basic avenues. Like it does go through, you know, like, stress management and it mm. goes through sleep and, and like sort of sections as to what's really important. But I love the whole, like I just love learning about the brain and that yeah. whole kind of biohacking so you can age yeah. well. Well, you're probably doing a little bit of biohacking at the moment, become, becoming, I guess, very uh, cognizant of what your body's doing because yeah. you won't be able to see. No one will be able to see, but <laughs> they won't be able to hear either. But you're no. actually cooking a baby right I now. I am. I'm just about six months, which is once you're pregnant, you're talking weeks, right? Yeah. Whenever I say 23 or 24 weeks, people are like, they get, up, they get <laughs> this that? look like, yeah, yeah. So now six months in, on Monday. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been a good, fun ride. How like, amazing is this? Yeah. Yeah, it's Incredible. beyond. Like it, you can't even really explain it in words. But I mean, firstly, I've been. I don't like to use the word lucky, but it's been a really awesome pregnancy. Mm. Like I didn't have any morning sickness. I haven't had to really change anything at all, mm. other than not eating, you know, raw fish. <laughs> yeah. um, and I've loved it so far. Yeah. But yeah, you you, st- you look at your body differently, and like you, yes, I've always eaten well, but you've got that extra kind of reason, like thinking about you know amigas for the brain yeah. and what you're going to feed the bub and yeah. and also you know obviously on the other side as well because mm. there's lots of different conventions in the west that I don't personally agree with but haven't had that first hand experience mm. with like the whole rice cereal thing that's huge in Australia what's that sort of in the guidelines that's the first food they get oh babies yeah which doesn't After make breast sense. Milk, like, yeah, 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 right. yeah. For solid food, yeah. And I'm nice. just thinking about this beautiful, you know, mashed avocado with oh. banana and oh. this, you know, this beautiful homemade nutrient dense yeah. media, you know, an egg yolk in there. Yeah. Thinking about all the balance that you need from a nutrient yeah. macronutrient point of view, and then you look at the rice cereal in a cardboard box, and you think is, we have been brainwashed. I mean, gnarly. we know this, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty offensive. I can't wait to chat to you about. Because, mm. you know, um, people who have been listening to this know I'm doing the Kids Doco, the yeah. little children's cells mini, mini thing. Um, and we're going to interview you after this. Yes. I'm really keen to chat to you about that because this is the key moment is what you're going through mm. right now. 
is this pre-birth and then post-birth mm. nutrition period, which yeah. has such a huge implication on the baby's life, the entire life. Entire life. And you know, there's a lot of research around, like we obviously do low-carb at the natural mm. nutritionist. I'm certainly eating more carbohydrates than before I was pregnant, but it would still be very much classed as that yeah. by definition of like comparison to the food pyramid. Um, Where are you getting your carbs from? Like what specifically was it? Fruit and some sweet potato and maybe a little bit more buckwheat than usual or something like that. Buckwheat's lots of resistant starch though. Yeah. It's good. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But minimal refined carbohydrates, but um, just probably, you know, maybe maybe more like 100 grams a day or 150 some days without Mm. counting. I'm not counting, but... you know, I still think about it's really tempting to either eat for two, which yeah. I definitely <laughs> fell into a trap for about a week yeah. of, of early days. Hey, we a week's pretty about. good. <laughs> had to rein it in. Um, but also, the like, you can eat whatever you want. Like, mm. I think from a lots of women, um, with all due respect, can be like a little bit weight focused about their mm. food choices. But because they know they're gaining weight, they can kind of deal with it later on. Yeah. I think that tends to lead to just making choices that aren't going to be the best for them and the baby because yeah. do you want a baby that like craves carbohydrates or has an addiction to yeah. sugar mm. hell no <laughs> yeah. yeah they all come out i guess like how much of it is is intuition versus what you know logically or what you Me know personally scientifically or, yeah because you're a practitioner you're yeah, coming into this with totally. a with quite a unique set of skills and opinions i guess yeah but then i'm sure yeah. you get cravings which contradict your like if you look at chocolate and go holy shit i want some chocolate but then you know logically so i don't, know. I, I, I don't eat refined sugar yeah. like if i get chocolate i'll go and get some good quality like, like loving earth, or, loving earth yeah, yeah, or yeah puppy jackson and i've probably had some nearly every day which i yeah. wouldn't tell my clients to do i wouldn't normally do mm. but I, th- I figure that's a fairly good choice versus giving into like totally. the salt and vinegar yeah. potato chips that my brain occasionally <laughs> mentions that would be yeah. a good idea that I don't give in to, you yeah. know. So I haven't had any weird cravings, though. There's been no, yeah. like, midnight calls for Ian to get me ice cream and pickles <laughs> or anything like that at all. I actually crave salmon a lot, which is a very dorky for, thing for a nutritionist to say. Mm. Yeah. But I tend to find that, like, I love when I get those cravings because, mm. you know, you know, omega-3s, brain development, and yeah. I go, just go for it. So do you get salmon's like do you get the farm salmon? Salmon's pretty toxic, aren't you? Yeah, I don't eat farm salmon. No. Where do you get it? How do you get it? Well, I mean, sometimes it might just come from a, like a wild caught can. I know yeah. it's not ideal. Well, but, I mean, it's, I mean, that's, it's, it's, I feel like I'm kind of stuck between a rock yeah. and a half hard place sometimes. Yeah. And then you can get some um, wild caught salmon that's frozen. Yeah. That's at like Terra Madre and some of the health food stores around. Yeah. So again, the lesser two evils, I think. Mm. Mm. But tricky. It is. Hey, like yeah. someone told me. I think I sort of looked into salmon maybe a couple of years ago. And we were talking about, and I, I didn't really know, like we'd um, grown up having that salmon all the time. Yeah, same. And just thinking like, oh, you know, boily fish. Yeah. Brain, yeah. <laughs> omega-3s. But when you look at the fact how many antibi- how much antibiotics are used, the, the oceanic destruction, which is associated with growing salmon in such high numbers Definitely. in small areas. The I, grains they're fed. The grains they're fed and the, the on-land implications of growing so much grain and they're feeding it to fish like it's a whole interesting thing fish aren't meant to be farmed no no and it's a very difficult difficult area to look at but also if we all started eating wild caught fish the fish populations would just be gone 
Mm, I do feel like, and I used to be like you, I would mm. eat like salmon fillets like a couple of times a week. Yeah. And then I'd just literally have not cooked a salmon fillet for I can't tell you how long unless yeah. I know where I'm, you know, getting it from. Yeah. You yeah. want to get salmon trout, the Australian yeah. salmon trout. It's not pink. It's this like oily mm. white fish. A lot of people hate it. Like a lot of fishermen just throw them back or really? whatever. I didn't know that. It's so good. Yum. So nice. And you can get it so cheap because nobody wants to eat it. It's yeah, like buying yeah. bones. <laughs> Organic bones used to be cheap before bone broth became popular. They used to be $2 <laughs> yeah. and now they're about $12 a bag. What is that? Seriously, before so bone weird. broth became vogue. Yeah, it's supply oh demand, isn't it? <laughs> gosh, it's so funny. Um, uh, so what else is going on? Well, my book is out. How's that going? Yeah, really What's good. It yeah, low-carb, healthy-fat nutrition. Okay. So that's been my big project of, you know, this year, not so much because it was off to printing for so long mm. and it, the things go quiet while yeah. you wait for you would know what it's like. Waiting. Um, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just really excited to have it out there now. It's yeah. been um, a project I've worked on, you know, definitely more acutely, but I feel like it's a, a you know, the sum total of all the work that I've done yeah. since starting TNN in 2011. And I'm just really excited that it's out there and mm. we can start to, I guess, like reach the wider demographic, you know, often we, we preach to the choir, yeah? yeah, but it's about reaching the the wider audience that are still thinking that the food pyramid is a good idea mm. or still trying to eat low fat or are still afraid of saturated fats yeah. or still eating every two hours to speed up their metabolism, like all these myths that I love talking about yeah. to like my audience, but books can be great gifts to give to people that wouldn't otherwise be, I guess, even open to that information yeah. until it's right in front of them. Do people still believe in the, the food pyramid stuff? It's hard, again, preaching to the choir. Like yeah. clients come to us at TNN because they know that we don't follow the food pyramid. They know yeah. that we're real food orientated. So yeah. rarely am I busting these myths with my clients because they've got a fairly good idea. If not, they've already made the change. Yeah. They're just wanting to fine tune. Or at least they're open to it. Yeah. yeah. But I've got a client um, of mine whose mum is very unwell and, and she's in the hospital and we all know what hospital food is like, mm. but he's also dealing with a dietitian who's giving yeah. lots of, you know, conventional advice. And he's worked with me f- for a long time and been low carb since before it was popular. Yeah, yeah. And so he's finding it quite confronting to have those conversations. And so it's, it's still definitely there. It's just probably not so much in our world anymore because mm. there has been this real food revolution, which has been so, so phenomenal. Yeah. Well, phenomenal in a lot of ways and then tricky, like we were saying before, in others with everybody getting involved. Everybody getting involved, everybody just doing keto and not having any Carnivores, of- yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, I've got or- a friend who's a carnivore. Like as in purely? Gone full carnivore. I, I don't know if she's still doing it, but so, she's what, definitely doing no keto. vegetables? So like literally was doing like beef and salt and water oh, for a few days. Okay. It's pretty gnarly, yeah. Yeah, full on. I find that people now are existing within the extremes. Yeah, totally. So we've got on the spectrum that we've got, you know, a really intense veganism, we've got carnivorism, if that's a word. But I think health exists within the moderate. Yeah. I always say health is in the grey. Yeah. So humans are black and white and, yeah. like, you get this is what happens now. So for, like, six years I was trying to convince people that fats, like the right kind of fats, yeah. obviously, weren't like gonna... canola oil. <laughs> no, like <laughs> omega threes and, and you know yeah. um, saturated fats from our you know grass fed butters and coconut oils. Yeah. So that's what I spent my time convincing people to include. And now I'm over here convincing people that some carbohydrates are okay. Yeah. Like yes, you can have some some starch and yeah, some buckwheat or some fruit. It's yeah. you know we're looking for these extremes for these answers, and health is in the grey. Totally. I honestly believe that. Yeah. We look at cultures who live a long time. They're not worried about the amount of carbs they're having. They don't count. 
calories. No, no, no count. Macros. It's like, yeah. oh, they count how many wines they have. They don't even do that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, the whole, like, we've had this conversation before, I yeah. think, on, on one of my um, apps from The Real Food Real about the, that sort of balanced approach, mm. which is where you can make it really sustainable, but you develop a really healthy relationship with food. Mm. And that took me oh, probably a decade to learn firsthand but it was life-changing and I love to try and teach that to my clients for those that are willing to listen. Some people you just see, you just got to go, you know what, you're on your journey. (laughs) You got to go and explore and come back to me when you're ready. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Had the exact conversation last night with one of my clients who was like, all right, I just feel like keto's not for me. Just watch the (laughs) tapping with the microphone. Jay's pretty good at that as well. (laughs) People know. (laughs) Um, You know, I just, Keto's not for me. I'm not feeling great. I'm like, okay, so so why do you think you need to be keto? Like we've been talking about this sort of lower carbohydrate, healthy fat model. Yeah. And um, my client was like, oh, like, I know you didn't tell me to go keto, but I just really wanted to try it. And again, like looking to be like restrictive and mm. not eating so many yeah. foods. Yeah. And unfortunately, learning the hard way, she's realized that she thrives better with a little bit of fruit and some starch and not necessarily counting, but mm. focusing on whole food. I was like, perfect lesson to learn. Let's get you back over here and get you feeling well again and fixing your yeah. gut and all those things that, you know, are obviously way more important than the number of grams of carbs that you yeah. eat. What do you, um, what do you say with, what's your, how do you approach carbs? Because like there is, like you said, a lot of people approaching uh, health and wellness now looking at carbohydrates as evil. Mm. Um, when I see some of the healthiest foods are carbohydrates, like I'm looking right now at my herbs out in the garden, like the parsley and the chives and stuff. They're pretty much all carbohydrates. People don't know that though. I yeah. think a lot of people still struggle to understand that vegetables are carbohydrates yeah. because we live in a world where the majority of our food pyramid and dietary guidelines are refined carbs. So mm. whenever I start talking about carbohydrates, I start talking about the two distinct, distinct groups. Differentiating. Yeah, yeah. So we've got refined carbohydrates and breads and cereals and muesli bars and packets and boxes and mascots we usually see (laughs) and then we've got our whole food carbohydrates which of course are plants and there are more dense carbohydrate options like the starchy vegetables or the buckwheats or the quinoas but you know like they're very different in terms of nutrient profile the Mm. physiological response response that they elicit and we've got to keep that perspective it's also you know so individual you know we all have our own degree of Mm. carbohydrate intolerance which would you know, look like insulin resistance in a type 2 diabetic. But, you know, not many people that I deal with or that you would speak to are over here. You know, the majority have more or a better ability to tolerate carbohydrates. So they don't need to be down at the bottom end of keto. Especially if they're exercising well. Absolutely. If they're exercising a lot, high intensity, Mm. if they're already quite lean, usually a young male can get away with more carbohydrates. But, you know, that's a general rule. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a sliding scale. So I always talk about that sliding scale from 25 grams a day of carbohydrates for keto like strict keto yeah. where it's very therapeutic and i love it for that purpose yeah. but then up here at like the 150 grams of carbs a day yeah. for like you and i right now maybe yeah. mm. well i went surfing this morning and um <clears throat> so i've been doing a lot of fasting i'm gonna share with you a couple of things yes i've been doing a lot of fasting at the moment i'm doing this thing called modified fasting i don't know if it's an actual thing but mm. i just came up with, <laughs> with the name um recently where i'm having broth yep. first thing so i'm doing some like good quality broth i just got the the condensed one um 
And so I put that in hot water and I have that and it's really balancing my balancing me in a big way that pushes out my breakfast until after a surf yeah. without coming back and being quite ravenous and over, potentially overeating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I've been doing that and this morning I came home and it's the first breakfast that I've had that's been like quite carby in nature for quite a while. Um, I had this mango. I bought this organic mango yesterday and I was like... <laughs> It's so funny. Like, I haven't had a mango in so yeah, long. And I was frothing. Like, this morning <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to come back from my surf and have this mango. But, like, I feel amazing. Yeah. Because it's it's having it strategically. It's having those Absolutely. carbs strategically. Like, after the surf when you're most sensitive, for instance. Yeah. Completely yeah. agree, which is the model that we teach our clients mm. and why we shouldn't have to avoid certain foods, especially in their whole food form. And someone was talking to me about mangoes this week. It's like... When someone says to you how good a mango is, like you've just got to go and have one. Like I it's know. almost like oh. it's just the the Australian thing to do. Like yeah. I can see one in your fruit bowl. Right yeah. Now. And yeah. I'm like, I have this mango. When I grew up in Townsville. Do you want this mango? <laughs> no, I'm fine, thank you. But we used to have mango trees. So we had like, you know, a fairly big yard compared to like yeah. Melbourne properties. It might have been like, I don't know, a quarter of an acre. And we had lots of mango trees. Like oh, so many mangoes. Dangerous. They used to rot underneath the <gasps> stairs because we couldn't keep up with them. No. My dad ended up getting people to come and collect them and we'd sell them and then you come to melbourne and and they're like i remember when they were like six dollars each and for me always having them in the backyard that was like really foreign yeah so i don't actually have it as a default to buy but i'd love one this summer oh god they're so good mango ice cream like a coconut amazing Mm. yeah like a a healthy weiss yeah Mm. i grew one so i i have a mango tree not here obviously but back in adelaide and i remember the first time there was, there's been one mango in like four years. Oh, <laughs> so funny. That would have been a massive win though. Oh my gosh. Seriously, the best mango I've ever had. Yeah. Because you're so connected to it. Aww. You like nurture this little thing from a like little a sprout. Yeah, yeah. Like a baby. <laughs> Are you exercising much? How do you exercise when you're pregnant? Well, there's lots of different theories, let me yeah. tell you. Yeah. Um, so I before I was pregnant, I had kind of really just landed on a bit of a routine with a couple of strength training sessions, lots of yoga and lots of walking. Yeah. I'd already stopped triathlon just for other reasons like life and businesses and things like that. And I've been, yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) The adrenal health. Um, I've been doing the exact same thing. So luckily nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, in the yoga world, there's definitely a few schools of thought. Um, there are definitely people that say don't do yoga in, in T1 in the first trimester, which I personally didn't resonate with because yeah. why would you tell someone not to move? I think yeah. that's very fear-based. Like I think, hot yoga? Is that like a stress? or is No, it, it was more yoga saying? in general. Oh, like, really? It sounds horrific, but they they talk to you like there's a chance of the – going to twist the baby out. Well, no, like of it dislodging. Oh, wow. And I just don't believe that's like yeah, okay. ever going to happen from an evolutionary standpoint, yeah. personally. But I think it's also very important to be intuitive and to understand yeah. that every pregnant female is different. Like, this mm. is my first pregnancy. Um, I was super fit before I started. Like, I yeah, developed a lot of strength core. over the last yeah. couple of years, which is why I think I don't look that pregnant. Like, mm. yeah, not to blow my own trumpet, my sonographer said to me, I think it's because you've got strong abdominal yeah. muscles. And I feel grateful for that because imagine being you know, not even halfway mm. and having a sore back or a sore pelvis. Oh, and for me, that's man. a really great lesson to to experience that I have found it so great. Yeah. And a lot of it does come to the prep or come down yeah. to the prep that I put in. So, so that's, hey. and so yeah, I'm still arm balancing. I'm still doing all the fun stuff in yoga. Yeah. I'm kind of waiting. Like I'm at the point where I'm six months. I'm sure it's going to change, yeah. but I don't feel that way at the moment. So I'm just being really intuitive yeah. and, and going with it. De-stressing? 
You didn't, yeah. you didn't have that stress. You live a pretty not these days cultivated. Yeah, I feel like you're very clean cut. I definitely have a, mm. a, a long history of being stressed and working too hard when I first started yeah. TNN. But I've got a great, I've got a great team now. <laughs> it's contagious. I've got a great team now, and I've also. Ali. Ellie and Elise <laughs> and Aaron. Yeah. Um, I'm very lucky. But I've also, you know, I was very strategic with when Ian and I decided we were going to have a baby. Like most people were laughing at me That's at how so planned I was. I'm not surprised at all to hear that. No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Look, it's just who I am. But you Darling, <laughs> I'm ovulating. No, it wasn't like that. It was more like one month. You know, because we got married in December yeah. and, and everyone, when you're 35, everyone's like on the clock for you. Uh, yeah, like, I'm just sure. put a few things to mm-hmm. do first. Anyway, long story short, um, I feel like I got to the point with when I could actually take a step back in my business first. Mm. I understand that some people still work full time, but I just don't feel like I wanted to do that while I was pregnant. Yeah, so no I technically work two very big days <clears throat> and then I do like bits and pieces. And you always work when you're an entrepreneur, obviously. Totally. Every day. Yeah. But I've, I've just stopped doing the all day, every day, like literally. Yeah. I've been a bit more strategic with my hours and mm. I'm really loving it. I'm loving that I got to the point before I had a baby so I can be okay with it because in my early 30s, I would have been freaking out about maternity leave. Yeah. I would have been freaking out about my business and what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And now I can't wait for it. I can't yeah. wait for the, not the break, because I know I'm going to be busy, but just the change, like, like a season, right? Mm. A season of your life. Totally. So I'm really excited for that. Do you get adjusted mm. regularly? But yes. Does Ian adjust you? Yes. I'm not the best like client, okay. <laughs> as in I should go a lot more frequently. Yeah. I try and go weekly though. Yeah. And I love That's pretty my, frequent though. Yeah. Would you yeah. go more? I would like to go a couple of times a week. Yeah, okay. Especially now to set up some <clears throat> some good habits so that, yeah. again, I continue to feel strong when I get a bit bigger mm. over the next three months. That's the thing I've heard, like, I think it might have been James and Lauren Teen from Food Matters. Food and Matters, they did that yeah. big article on, like, their holistic birth. It was such a beautiful mm. read. And they were talking about how they were having a lot of troubles doing the home. Uh, they might have been in a home birth or, like, a home birth center or something. Okay. And, um... They're having some issues with like getting the baby out, and then they had a Cairo come along and do the adjustment, and it was like, oh, out. I know. And have you seen anything cuter than a baby being adjusted? Like, so, this, oh, that's oh, what I was sort of leaning into. Like, yeah. what are you thinking about that? Can't wait. Yeah. I mean, totally very right. lucky with obviously Ian yeah. being um, one, an amazing Cairo, and two, very good with kids. Yeah. Um, you know, because Ian works with Damon and yeah. they bought that beautiful giraffe bed where the kids like. Oh, Have you seen that? that. No, it's no. like a, a child's um, adjusting bed and it's got yeah. this gorgeous giraffe on it. Yeah. And that's where they adjust the kids at Vita, oh, which is where Ian idea. works, which I love. Yeah. yeah. So into it. I mean, yeah. I grew up with Cairo, so a lot of people think that it's just a default of marrying a Cairo, but yeah. my mum's been into Cairo since the day I can remember. She, she wasn't still a goes. Cairo. She just No, became, no, she just went. Yeah. yeah, and she's always gone, even to this day, in like she's about to turn 60. She would go like every month at least. Like, yeah. I know she doesn't go weekly, but she just kept it up. So for me, it was always a part of my life growing up. Yeah. And turns out I've married one. But um, <laughs> yes, definitely into ba- baby Cairo. Cannot yeah. wait. Yeah. I've become a bit of a Cairo hussy. Um, oh. <laughs> so I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sort of bounce between different Kairos who available. Okay. So, like, um, when I'm in Perth, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I have all these little homes everywhere now. Yeah, totally. So, like, when I go to Perth, I stay with Dr. Andrea. Yes. Who does my adjustments yeah, and stuff like that. In okay. Melbourne, it's um, Damo. Of course. In mm. wherever else I go, it's it's some other Cairo yeah. who's doing my – like, I was in Manly the other day and Ravi adjusted me. Yes. Like, I just find that it's so weird that people are so – there are so many people who are still frightened of yeah. Cairo, particularly with Cairo and kids. 
Yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah, it is. It's I feel for them because mm. they, they do such a great thing. They yeah. do such a great job. They are so educated mm. and most of the time so passionate, but there is so much fear. It's kind of like being pregnant, though. There's so much fear yeah. in that space yeah. as well. And, you know, we get it as nutritionists because we've been mythbusters for so long as well. Mm. So I don't think we get it anywhere near as you know challenging as chiros do, but I can relate on that level because people thought I had two heads for like at least five years when I was talking about saturated fats yeah. and not counting calories like I was saying before. And that part of the world is definitely mm. changing at least in, you know, in our space. But chiros are still getting it like I decades do. on. It's so bizarre. Mm. And then... And then- Opera or whatever it is, yeah. just gagged them. Yeah, it, I, f- I do feel for them. It'd be really challenging, yeah. but you know they're also very passionate about education, yeah. which is where a lot of it needs to be focused, so Up we from, can change, mm. you know, change someone's opinion, which might have come from their childhood or one bad experience yeah. or whatever it is that yeah. that doesn't you know, doesn't apply to all chiros. Yeah, mm. one of the most uneducated comments that I hear from people is Cairo has no science behind it. Yeah. Right. I still hear that. Really? It's like, know. are you kidding me? Yeah. There is a shit ton. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I feel for them. Mm. And, um, you know, Damo is like so passionate oh, about campaigning yeah. for that. So We're going to have him on in a couple of weeks. Oh, great. Yeah, he'll be up here. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Cool. So what else are you going to do up here in Sydney? you got an event tomorrow. Event tomorrow. Yeah, and then we're going to spend the day on Sunday just unwinding, I think. Oh, good. Have a nice day off. Weather good? Um, no, not so much. Yeah. Windy and actually, just got my jacket on. I'm glad blurry. I dressed for Melbourne. Yes, you know? I wasn't right. expecting that. Infected. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, where can people hmm. Where can people keep up with uh, your journey? Are you sort of documenting? Are you blogging like the pregnancy <sighs> journey not, or anything? No. Yeah, it's a pretty common thing for people. To people do a lot of people do it, which yeah. is which is fine. I just. I guess I've always kept things quite nutrition focused, yeah. and I'll, I'll probably share if you know people want to hear about it. Of course, mm. I'm not really into like selfies. I've never been a selfie person, yeah. so it's not a default for me to be posting like bump selfies. I posted like <laughs> one, and like yeah. I'm like okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does anyone want to see my tummy? Probably not. Um, but yeah, I still hang out on Instagram, <coughs> at the Natural Nutritionist um, podcast weekly over at the Real Food Real. Yeah. And the other thing I've been working on is my online program. So my LCS. Yeah, so I saw that. Yeah. yeah. How's that going? It's going really well. Yeah, yeah we had a great sort of um, launch, like an inaugural intake, launch. Almost. Intake, yeah. yeah, intake. And and they're up to sort of week four or five now, yeah. which is awesome. And I'm looking at um, so athletes, both. It is athletes. Yeah. It, you mean low, you know, LCHF endurance yeah. definitely gives you that endurance focus yeah. but which has been which has been surprising and great we've had a lot of people that want to do pure lchf yeah. and that have joined us yeah. and we have like a we have levels for the training right so you've got level one and you might do a level one run program mm. which starts with some run walk and builds up to being able to run like a 10k if that's what you want to do yeah, nice. and so they might not look at themselves as endurance athletes because you technically wouldn't call 10k's endurance right yeah but it's so great to see them being really inspired about the journey and learning to run. And we do all like low heart rate stuff. It's on the math method. So they can they can really achieve it because it's not high intensity and stressful and, you know, giving them high cortisol levels and making them super tired. So that's been great for me to kind of introduce that side of my world to people mm. that weren't across that 
that side of LCHF. So you're not just like hardcore athletes at all. Yeah. So it's super fun. Love it. And that's all on the website, Instagram, they can find it. Yeah, LCHF Endurance and yeah, .com.au online. Sweet. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure. Always love a yarn. It is good. Thanks for having me in your beautiful studio. Everyone's been commenting about Emma's abstract that's the <laughs> very talented remember. girlfriend yeah it's mm. pretty good it's gorgeous it? she'll be very yeah. happy but she won't listen or watch the show so <laughs> she won't hear <laughs> you can get away with saying anything yeah right i know um awesome. on the last episode jay asked me about relationship advice oh so and i was like oh boy <laughs> what am i gonna say that doesn't get me in trouble <laughs> I think I got away with it though. Because you didn't watch it. Because you didn't watch it. <laughs> you can say it's like eight years. Well done, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you want to stay updated with me and the show, just head along to Instagram at Cal's Broccoli or stay here on YouTube. Um, we will see you on the next episode of the Broccoli Roast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favor? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love. See you next time on The Real Food Reel. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.